Amen. Thank you, Tim. Heaven will be beautiful. Praise God. We glorify God each and every day. Brothers and sisters, we're glad to see all of us together this evening also to be encouraged by God's word, to be encouraged in our singing, to be encouraged in our prayers, to love one another, to hug one another, to spur one another on as we enjoy our time together this evening. Also be enjoying our time together tonight in fellowship afterwards. May the Lord bless us and watch over us each and every moment. May the Lord's gracious, gracious hand be upon each and every one of us. I think one of the phrases that I've started to see, one of the most beautiful phrases in the Bible, is the Lord's gracious hand was upon them, or the Lord's gracious hand was upon him. And we can think about that, and we talk about Ezra, who we're going to think about this evening, as we start to see of how the Lord's gracious hand was upon him. But before that, because we can see the king being moved in heart to allow to help Ezra at this time. In Brazil, some 50 years ago, when some of the first missionaries from the church went over in the 1950s, they went over, they had a big team that went, a group of 31 people going together, 31 adults, then along with their kids, a very large group moving to Sao Paulo as they began their work there in Sao Paulo, the very first mission team that went there from the church there. And as we think about this mission team who went there, for me, I'm thankful that they went because they tread the way and had the opportunity for me to be there today as well. But a lot of times we sometimes forget what the Lord has done and how the gracious hand of the Lord has been on them and those who have gone on before us in different places and how the Lord has worked through different people. While they were there in Brazil, there came a time while they were there that the, the government was ready to kick out all of the missionaries, wanted to send them all back home, go back to your own country. Well, I want you to know the gracious hand of the Lord was upon that team that was there. One of those members of that team went to Port Alegre, where he lived and worked where I, uh, as you and I worked at. And as he was living there, he converted people to Christ. And the Lord had put him next door to his neighbor. His neighbor there happened to be uh, in the Department of Agriculture there in the city of the state of uh, Rio Grande do Sul at the moment. And they became very good friends as they were there. And then his friend moved on to, uh, uh, to Brasilia. And then this missionary who was in Porto Alegre moved on back to Sao Paulo, where he did a lot, lot, lot more work for much more time. Well, in this time and in this thing, that things that happened, when Brazil was ready to send the missionaries away at that moment in that time, not just them, all missionaries from anywhere, any place, because they were very much concerned about them going to the, the, the native Indians in that area as well. So, as this is going on, one person mentioned somebody, hey, you know, our friend Alan, he had met, a, had met a person in the Department of Agriculture who's now in Brasilia. Alan, can you call him? He calls him. He says, yeah, we can talk. So he goes there and he goes and talks to him in Brasilia, there with the government headquarters and things like that. Goes with some other missionaries that are in Brazil at that time, talking to them, talking about what they could do. And saying that we don't know, we're not sure what can happen. We can start to set up another meeting. Well, so they're in Brasilia and they're coming back to the States and explaining to the people what's going on here. Asking for the prayers. Asking that the Lord bless them as they go there. And it just comes out that this person who's in agriculture set up a meeting with the vice president of Brazil at that time. And so these missionaries went in there prepared and talked to the vice president of Brazil about this subject of missionaries. And because of their work and their talking with them, 
they were allowed to stay. And anybody within the churches of Christ who were missionaries at that time were allowed to stay and not have to go when others had to go at that moment. And then open the doors for other missionaries to come back there afterwards as well. How can you explain it? Only that the gracious hand of the Lord was upon them. God used men of, of position and power. He touched their hearts in ways that allowed that to happen. And this is exactly what we can see with Ezra. The Lord's gracious hand was upon him. If you open your Bibles in Ezra chapter 7 in the Old Testament, we're going to see something here just for us to understand. Ezra was a priest, and as we understand, somebody who loved God's word. He was well versed in the word of God, as it says in chapter 7, verse 6. This Ezra came up from Babylon. He was a teacher well versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. The king had granted him everything he asked. For the hand of the Lord of God, the Lord his God, was on him. Amen? The king gave him everything he asked. And why did he do that? Because it says he was well versed in the word of God. I'm sure that when Ezra went before the king and went before the king to talk to him about these things, for sure one thing, the king understood that Ezra was not somebody who didn't know his God. Or the king didn't knew that Ezra knew that his God, who his God was, and the statutes that he stood for. And the king respected him because of his knowledge of the word, because of the wisdom that he received from the word, and because of who he was. And it says at this time that as Ezra came up there, the Lord blessed him and gave him everything that he asked of the king at that very moment and in that very time. And not only that, as we think about this, and I want us to look at these first two, in, these two, first two points together, he devoted to study and teaching the word of God. In Ezra chapter 7, verse 9 through 10, he began his journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month. And he arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month. For the gracious hand of his God was upon him. For Ezra, verse 10, 7 verse 10. For Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord. And to teaching its decrees and its laws in Israel. Brothers and sisters, if we want the hand of the Lord to be upon us, the gracious hand of the Lord to be upon us, may we be people who love God's word. Amen. That we want to seek the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That the Lord will give us the words to say when we need to say. And the people that we talk to, as Paul would pray and says, I pray that you give me, (laughs) pray for me, brothers, that I may have the words to give. And the understanding to give the words correctly so that I may win one more for Christ Jesus. But in this, brothers and sisters, a deep-rooted love for God's word. You know what? It's great when you, when you see somebody that's just oozing and has passion for something. I know we talked about this a little back, back, back time ago also. But one of my brothers in Christ, he said, Mark, I wish we could talk about God's word just as like when we were dating our, our girlfriends for the first time. And we start talking to other people about them, letting them know, oh, I love this person. I like this person. You tell all the details of everything that you did that day. OK, all of those things together, things that that you may not even say. But then people say, I think you kind of like her, don't you? I know for me when I was in chapel one morning. And after I met you, okay, and some of you know some of the stories, okay? But after I met you, one of the guys come to me, came up to me after chapel and he said, Mark, what is going on? I said, what are you talking about? He said, 
Well, I saw you talking to her. And I said, well, I talked to everybody. There's nothing different. He said, no, the way you talked was different. Okay? The way you talked was different. Why? Because he understood that I knew something about this you. There was something about her that I liked. Well, how about that when we talk about God's word? And you see somebody talking about God's word because they are passionate for it. It's oozing out of them. They're wanting to talk about it. And you're wanting to get to answers in the Bible, talking about things together. Come, let us reason together, as Paul would tell them in Ephesus. Come, let us reason together in Berea. And all of these things so that we can understand what God's word is. But look what it says. It was well-versed in it. And how was Ezra well-versed in the word of God? Because he devoted himself to studying and to teaching as well. I know you teachers... Understand that you learn when you teach, right? <laughs> as you're teaching, you're, you're learning as well, even more so. So even in studying and teaching, it's only giving us more conviction of the things that we believe in the Word of God. God's Word is powerful. And God says, if you love my Word, and you hold on to my Word, the gracious hand of the Lord will be upon you. And things will happen that you would never imagine would happen. Because of your love for God. You know, when I was living, I'm talking about Brazil a lot tonight, maybe because I'm missing you. (laughs) She's giving back Tuesday, okay, which is good, Lord willing. But when we first moved to Brazil, just happened that the building next to us was was the the Secretary of Education place for the city, okay? Or Department of Education, however you want to call it, however you want to say it. They had just moved into that place. From where they were, it's a little building that was in front of our, in front of our house, kind of, on the, on the side of it. And the men were over there painting it, doing the painting for it and all those things, and talking to them, and, and ended up being able to talk to the lady who was Secretary of Education at that time. And I said, yeah, we're here. We're missionaries here in Brazil, just moved here not too long ago. And we're wanting to teach English, but we want to teach English, English using the Bible so that people can get, be aware of who God is. And be uh, who this God is. And you know what? Things happen that you never imagined. While we were in there in Viamon, she said, well, you know what? Since y'all are wanting to do that, we have some tables and chairs if you would like them. You can have them. They're left in this room back here. If y'all can come and get them, y'all can take them. Well, you know what happened? We now had tables and chairs for classes. Not only that... She said later on, you know what, I know that y'all, we were doing a devotional beforehand and then have these classes in English. And then she said, you know, you may, I don't know if y'all have any need of it for your church building, but we have a large industrial stove and oven that's just sitting there that we're not using anymore. You want it? Of course. And if you go to VMO today, it's still down there. It's big. It's nice. We couldn't afford it. But the Lord's gracious hand was upon us. Because we mentioned talking that we were there to serve and spread his word. God will open doors that we can never think about. And when one closes, he will open up another. I'm sure Ben, when he goes to Ghana, when they go into those tri- into the different villages and different places, how many times has the hand of the Lord been on them as he talks to the chief of those places and those villages so that they can share the word of God with others around them? We can never underestimate the power of God. And his word. So let's be devoted to God's word. Let's be well versed in God's word. So that the Lord can bless us. And that his gracious hand be upon us. In ways that we never thought it could be upon us. Not only that that we can see about Ezra. 
But look what it says in Ezra chapter 7. The king actually, the king Artaxerxes, Ezra you know, went on this trip. And along his trip, things could happen. So the king actually writes a letter on his behalf. And he tells all of those who come his way, if anything he needs, you give it to him. And then also, if Ezra and the priests of them don't even charge them taxes, okay? All of these things that he says. But King Artaxerxes, when he's writing this letter to the Ezra the priest, the teacher of the law, a man learned in matters concerning commands and decrees of the Lord, he says here in chapter 7, verse 18, You and your fellow Israelites may then do whatever seems best with the rest of the silver and gold in accordance with the will of your God going to help there in the temple. Deliver to the God of Jerusalem all the articles entrusted to you for worship in the temple of your God. And anything else needed for the temple of your God that you are responsible to supply, you may provide from the royal treasury. Look what the Lord had done on the heart of King Artaxerxes because he saw Ezra. And look what we can understand about Ezra. Why was the gracious hand of the Lord upon him? Because he was trustworthy. He was faithful. A man of integrity. He says, Ezra, we have entrusted this to you. Can you imagine all the money, all the royals, <laughs> royalties, all the treasure, all that great wealth? And it was entrusted to Ezra. Can you imagine the temptation to baby Kate do like some might? No. He was entrusted with it. And he used it faithfully to the Lord. A man of trust. And the Lord, gracious hand was upon him. But not only was he well versed in the word, devoted to study of teaching, and trustworthy in every way. He was a man of wisdom and used his wisdom. As it says in verse 25 of chapter 7. And you, Ezra, in accordance with the wisdom of your God, which you possess, appoint magistrates and judges to administer justice to all the people. You know what we can understand about Ezra? It's in there. We may not see it, but it's there. I believe Ezra was praying for wisdom. Just as James chapter 1 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask God. And he will give generously. He will give abundantly. The only thing you do when you ask, don't doubt. Believe that he will give it. And he will. Lord God, help me to have wisdom. Help us to have wisdom as your people, Lord. Help us to understand who you are, Lord. And he says, the wisdom of God which you possess, he possessed it because he was versed in the words of God's word. He seeks God's word each and every day and each and every moment. Can you imagine Ezra at the time of Nehemiah as well? When Nehemiah rebuilt the walls in 52 days. And when they did the consecration of those walls that day, it says that they built there in the city, in Jerusalem. They built a pulpit, more or less. Okay? Something higher than everybody else. And who was there to transmit the word of God? Who was there to read the word of God? Ezra and seven others there. And as they were reading the scriptures, they were teaching the people what it meant. But I want us to think about this. As Ezra was reading God's word, what was on the hearts of the people? They were crying. 
They were emotional. Because they heard God's word and realized that they had gone far from it. Then Ezra and Nehemiah said, no, listen, this day, don't cry this day. This is a joyous day. So don't cry. Ezra, using his wisdom at that very moment, turned that moment of sadness into great joy. Because when we read God's word and when he read God's word to the people, they were transformed to understand the power of God's word. And they did, and they changed above all else. But there's something that we need to understand about Ezra. Because sometimes we think, well, I may not have enough knowledge. I may not be well-versed. I don't know if I would be the most trustworthy person. I don't know if I have that much wisdom. You can be. And you can grow in it. All of us can grow in it. God didn't use the uh, theologians of the time to start his, con- his church. He used fishermen, as he would say. As people will look and say, these people are not ordinary people. But God uses us. If we are open to allow God to work in our lives. Lord God, thank you so much for your word. You know what? One brother that's in Christ, he knows the scriptures inside and out. But he was never able to read. Now you ask, how's that possible? He was never able to read, but he knows the, God's word inside and out. He played it on a recorder every single day. And he knows it in and out. You ask him book, chapter, and verse, and he'll tell you. Book, chapter, and verse. God can do amazing things. Don't let anything keep us from wanting to seek God in his word. But above all else, two things very important when we understand about the gracious hand of the Lord being upon us is that we need to stay humble and realize it's not our power And it's not from us, but it's what God has done. Look what it says in chapter 8 of verse 21 and 23 when it says, seeking humility that we should seek also. In chapter 8, verse 21, it says this. We're looking at the verses. There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children. Before they went on the journey, the very first thing Ezra was asking for, fast. Pray and fast for a safe journey. Pray and fast. What's that mean? Being humble before our Lord. Saying, Lord God, my dependence is on you. Fully trusting in you. And it says as he declared this fast, I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on on everyone who looks to him. But his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this. And he answered our prayer. Amen. Ezra, teaching his family and all of those going on that journey. Before we do anything, let's pray and let's fast. And let's petition this to the Lord. Lord God, (laughs) I told the king that we didn't need his protection because you will protect us. Lord God, maybe I spoke out of line. But Lord God, I'm giving this to you. May you be exalted. And the Lord protected them on their journey. God loves a humble heart. He who exalts himself will be humble, but he who humbles himself will be 
God will exalt. God exalted Ezra because of his humility. Even with all of his knowledge and all of the things that he had, he knew that he could not do it or do it without the awesome power of the Lord and bringing it to the Lord. Help us, Lord, this evening to bring everything that we have before the Lord. Now, the thing is, we have all of these things to look at. And these things that we can look at and say, Lord God, I want your gracious hand to be upon me. And I know that we can talk of other stories and of other times that how God has worked in the lives of people. And how God has done things that we, as Ephesians 3 says, that we cannot ask or imagine. He does more than that. What's impossible for men is possible for God. God always exalting himself. Uh, God always showing that he is true and faithful to those who are humble to him. That he will answer them in their cry. That he hears them when things are happening in their lives. Lord God, may your gracious hand be upon us. And one thing that he says here as he says this. First of all, Ezra. Chapter 8, seeing this in verses 21 through 23. But the question is, and this morning we talked about it a little bit. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. As members of one body, you were called to peace. And those three little words, and be thankful. Thankful to the Lord. Even when Jesus was among us, and the ten lepers were healed, only one came back to give glory to God. Only one thanked the Lord for what he had done. And then also, because you know what, my, my message this morning was almost about being thankful. But the peace was on there so much on my heart, I had to talk about peace. But if you think about be thankful, he says, sing with God gratitude in your hearts. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. These are the very same things that is happening in the life of Ezra. If you see in Colossians 3, 16 and 17, the very things that he's calling us to do are the very things that Ezra was doing. And why does Colossians tell us to do those things and let us do these things? And why was Ezra doing those things? Because they understand the person who does these things, the gracious hand of the Lord is upon them. It hasn't changed. Wow. Lord God, your gracious hand can be upon us. But we need to recognize his gracious hand. Look what it says in Ezra chapter 7, verse 27. After he had read the letter to the the people there, King Artaxerxes, that King Artaxerxes had written. In chapter 7, verse 27, he says these things. Praise be to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who has put into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord, in Jerusalem in this way. And who has extended his good favor to me before the king and his advisors and all the king's powerful officials? Because the hand of the Lord my God was on me, I took courage and gathered leaders from Israel to go up with me. Look what he says here. Of all the things that happened, of all the things that were done, recognize when the Lord has been gracious and his hand has been upon you. Just as Ezra in this here says, the Lord's hand has been upon us. He has showed favor to the king. It's not because of who I am, but because of who you are, Lord. And just as God would tell Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, can you imagine Joshua coming after Moses to be the leader of the people? Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Don't go to your left or to the right. Go straight. Be strong and courageous. And then when the people are there talking to Joshua, and Joshua says, I hope you'll follow me. And the people say, yes, we'll follow you. Be strong and courageous. 
And so he's telling us, you want to be strong and courageous? Recognize. Give thanks. Give praise to the Lord. And when you see how the Lord's hand is upon your life, take courage. Take courage to take the gospel to those who are around you. Take courage to battle against sin in your life. Take courage to... (laughs) To, to bring reconcile relationships that may have been broken. Take courage to do what God's good, pleasing, perfect will is in your life. Paul would tell Timothy, we don't have a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. Take courage. Fan in the flame the gift of God that God has given you. I want you to know that the gift, God has given each and every one of you gifts here. And know how I want them to be fanned in the flame. That we can all be fired up for the Lord as we continue to serve Him, as we continue to look to Him, and as we continue to see what the Lord is doing in our lives when we recognize how the God has worked in the hearts of people around us. Wow, Lord. Couldn't imagine what you would have done that day there at the Prefetura, at the city, with, the, with that lady there with the desk and the stove. Wow, Lord. I can't believe that you put... Those men at that time and those missionaries in the presence of the vice president of the Brazil. Wow, Lord, you put your servants in places and you've touched the hearts of men and women so that others may hear your word. Lord God, in our prayer this evening, Lord God, continue to touch the hearts of those around us and give us courage. And Lord God, May your hand, your gracious hand, be upon us. As we look to your word, as we grow in our faith and be trustworthy to you with our integrity, and you give us wisdom to live each and every day, as we seek you with all humility, Lord, it's all about you. It's not about us. And Lord God, that we recognize what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for the courage that you give us to continue. You know what? It doesn't say how long... We have our time on earth. It may be short, may be long, we don't know. But we want God's gracious hand to be on upon us with the time that we're here in this land. My prayer tonight is that if you are not in Christ, that you allow the gracious hand of the Lord to be on you. Trust Him. Know His Word. Understand His Word. Come to understand what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is for you. That you may believe in him, repent of your sins, confess him, live a life worthy of him, wanting to obey him, wanting to, as it says here, be well versed in God's good, pleasing and perfect will. And if you're in Christ this evening, may the Lord bless you and may his gracious hand continue to be upon you and continue to recognize how the Lord is working in your life and the life of your brothers and sisters so that you may take courage to continue to walk with the Lord, walking in spirit and walking in his word. If you have any prayer tonight or if you want to come to the Lord, we're ready for you to come as you trust and obey. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ.
you can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.